Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Running with Red S. Today I'm joined by someone who's been previously on this show called Kieran Walker. I'm currently at his house in the northeast and it's absolutely stunning where he lives. We've just done a session together this morning and we'll just, I think in this episode, we're going to talk more about running, training, nutrition and everything going forward. Um, See how he's done ever since we had that call. He's done a marathon, he's done a half marathon. So it'll be a really interesting podcast talk and i hope you really do enjoy it we're trying to trying to for this episode move away from the red s idea a bit just to give an insight into how we both train how everything's going what we're looking forward to in the future just to give you guys more of an incentive of basically training really and i really hope you enjoy this episode so here we are welcome kieran yeah nice to have the northeast jake had a (laughs) good session this morning yeah yeah so we just did a session this morning and I, it was my third one back. So I did five by a mile with about 145 to two, and a, two minutes, 20 jogs in between. It was my first continuous one. I, we were hitting the miles in maybe like, I was hitting the miles in sub fives and the jogs, I felt really, really strong. We'll talk more about it in the episode. But you did what, 10 miles in 49.20, was it? Yeah, you made me run consistently. Uh, like 49.15, it's actually 10 mile PB this one. <laughs> so Karen just uh, smashed our 10 mile PB, which was even more incredible. And he looked really strong. We went to this loop. It's not even the easiest of loops. There's, I can guarantee there's a bit of a hill in it. The other side, which you think where the downhill is, there was a strong headwind. There were learner drivers driving in the way. <laughs> so um, it was interesting, but... I think it's just nice because it, I bet it's quite been quite nice to have some company today. Yeah, yeah, like every session I do solo pretty much. Um, so like just having you like five seconds faster felt the same effort type thing. Exactly. And like yeah, and I felt like every time I like jumped in almost, you were just, you were always there. You were always pushing the pace yeah. and everything. And I kind of wanted, because I was doing a lot less, I kind of wanted to help you out. Yeah. And it felt like we just worked together. So yeah. that's been your longest run, fastest longest run for a while, yeah. Yeah. So it's been my, it's my first continuous long run. So it was over ten k today, and I felt incredible. Like, I think one thing I've noticed about because we were having a chat all the time about everything going forward is I haven't weighed myself for God knows five months maybe, and it's made me so happy mentally. But because I'm feeling stronger upper body. I'm able to, even you said about my running style, it's more strong when I'm running. Um, even going up the uphills, I just feel like I have more power through my legs. And even going through the winds, I'm not like getting pushed aside. My form's changed. I'm feeling quite strong, stability, core stability. And I think that's all to do with my change in nutrition, my change in training and just being smarter with it all. So it was really, really good fun to... Obviously, it was the first time I actually ran with you, but like you could tell like when you were running, even like later on, like fourth and fifth mile, like your form was good, shoulders weren't moving anywhere, and I think, good, you know? and I think that's Jeff genuinely from just a change in nutrition and the change in S and C, and allowing my body to recover and reset. First thing I want to talk to you anyway about is the marathon. Like we spoke, I don't even know when we spoke. It was quite a long time ago about your training, and we I took you on and everything. Yeah, I think it was three weeks before. Wasn't it? I think the marathon, as in like when we made this podcast, no? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was. Well, I think you were episode. You were basically the first person I brought on. Yeah, yeah. And you were training for the marathon. And can you just give a glimpse of how the marathon went? Just yeah. So like I started working with you a bit, didn't I? Like in January. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like I dropped out of London in the autumn, so coming off a bad marathon, uh, ran two nineteen last year, um, and then ended up running two seventeen thirty come second. 
had a good race, took it out. Um, yeah, awesome, really. But then picked up an injury afterwards, which I guess I'll talk about. Yeah, so with the race, it looked incredible. It said, I think you went to, what, 23, 24 miles at a constant pace? Yeah. And then you said, was it the last two miles you started to fade a little bit? Yeah, I just went out as hard. I mean, I sort of took it on, went yeah. out hard. Um, I mean, on pace, but no one else wanted to really take it yeah. on the race. So I knew I wanted to run a time, and the group wasn't necessarily moving at that pace, so easier to run solo and go for it, you know. Um, but like, actually, I didn't drop off the last two miles as much as other marathons, so it was actually like, quite well-paced. You know? So is that quite a tendency to, like you've seen in the last marathons you've done, is the last two miles where you've hurt quite a bit? Yeah, like, first one, the last six miles, I lost time. Then the next one, like last four miles, lost oh, time. Oh, so it's actually getting... So, like, it's getting further yeah, down the road, yeah. you know, so... Like you can deal with two miles, but like six miles yeah. is like quite quite tough. So I noticed yeah. in because I was watching the race on YouTube and a lot of people were loving you because you've got more um, like people coming to your team, your club, and everything. You're coaching yeah. more athletes, but you weren't the best at water station, no. the water station. So can you tell I got us? The first one, I got five k, <laughs> and then I missed ten k because they put the drinks out before the actual markers, so they were about two hundred meters early, and I was that focused being at the front that like. I was looking at the bike. <laughs> um, and then all the guys switched over the other side of the road at 10k. I was like, what's going on? And I missed that one. And 15k, I missed it, but I actually went back for it. <laughs> so I turned around, sprinted back, picked it up, and then went back in the lead. So that was good. Well, one of them I noticed because, like we said, you just got you got a bit of an injury after. Well, when I turned around, yeah, like I pulled. So this is 10 miles. I felt a twinge in my back at 10 miles. Uh, and it was affecting my form, so my hip flex was getting tight. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I thought like something bad was going to happen. Uh, it's quite early on, like 16 miles to go. Uh, so then I thought, like, there's nothing to lose, so I may as well just go after it. <laughs> um, so it probably was a good thing, actually. I had nothing to lose. Yeah, that's, it was amazing to watch because, like, me and Josh Owen were talking and you kept putting in, like, surges to catch up. Yeah. That would have I just think that was long. I just think I was maintaining the same pace on the hills and those guys didn't necessarily yeah. want to... They were dropping on the hills. I wasn't actually surging. I think it was just, like, c- keeping the same pace. Well, I mean, yeah. just looking at the... even. Like you can say you can go for easy runs over the mat, over the hills and they do make you strong, but yeah. it's how you can train at a faster pace on the hills and the loop you're yeah. running on today, you constantly train there. Yeah. And it is a there's a hill in it. So yeah. that much, do you think yeah, that's possibly. benefited you quite a bit? Possibly, yeah. There's quite a few hill sessions as well. Uh, and all those float sessions I think like where you alternate. Mm. So you're used to fart yeah, licking yeah. essentially. So yeah. if you do that for twenty K, twenty five K, thirty K sessions, you're sort of used to going hard mm. and then recovering and then going hard again so was it a two minute pb then uh yeah two and a, two and a bit yeah two and a bit yeah that's incredible like the fact two minutes like people i know you see some people who break like run like a 30 minute pb but they're running going from like four hours to three hours 30 because yeah. yeah. they're getting into training mode but for elite yeah. athletes yeah. to put a two minute pb yeah. on someone like, who trains yeah. i didn't feel that fit like two months before oh yeah um i mean three months before i definitely wasn't very really fit so it was a good progression 100%. Yeah. And you're looking at London next year then? That's a big one. London or Rotterdam. Rotterdam. Nearly, I'm trying to get him nearly, in. I'm trying to get nearly. his head in to Rotterdam. one of those weeks, isn't it? It's one week before Rotterdam, so... One of I think weeks. the thing is, it's like, with London, it's like, it's a beautiful race. It's, yeah. You get the crowd support and everything. It's just the weather. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's years where it's been so hot. There's years where it's been chucking down. There's wind and everything. Whereas Rotterdam, every mm. time I've been there, I haven't seen Bad Brother. Yeah. And even this year, it was slightly... Slightly drizzly, but Basha still ran two hundred three forty to win. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know in London they ran even crazier times. But the difference, like from first to eighth, there's like for, after the first three, it's such a big gap. Whereas 
in Rotterdam, everyone's quite close yeah. and there's big groups. That's the thing about it's quite a lonely race. Like, let's say I was to run, you know, 214, 13 or whatever. Um, it's quite a lonely. You run on your own a lot of the time, like the second half. I always. know. Yeah. So in London, like you have, because Josh, they went off in a group and they were over 60 cent. They were like 68 pace. Yeah. Whereas in Rotterdam, like, there's like pace groups like every minute. Mm. So it's like if you're feeling quite bad, you can drop off a bit. If you're feeling quite good, you can push on. But something to think about. And then we'll talk about, so you got injured. You were in a wheelchair <laughs> for a few days. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, so when I finished the race, I think there's a video, isn't there? Like, yeah. I step over the line. I'm happy, but I couldn't actually walk. <laughs> I couldn't put my foot in front of like, one another. Um, so I pulled the muscle on my back. Which affected my glute and then affected like IT band, but it was honestly excruciating pain. Mm. Um, so I was in, I could barely get on like the uh, podium thing. <laughs> uh, I couldn't walk back to the train station. Like I was in a wheelchair and then I had to get lifted back. It was agony to be honest. Yeah, so but the fact I thought it was a major injury. To be fair. No, I know. I and, saw you. I saw the week uh, after in London Marathon, you still couldn't walk. Yeah, like for five days, I coached out of a car, like dri- <laughs> driving around next to people. <laughs> I couldn't actually walk. Um, so like, but then I only took two weeks to get over that. Yeah. Um, but just down a good sort of SNC program, and like obviously not trying to run. So do you think you know? the SNCs really really helped you? Yeah, I, I mean I was doing a lot through the marathon block, probably like five hours a week, of like lifting, conditioning, plyometrics, and all that. I actually think the plyometrics probably tipped it over the edge. I really. I was getting a bit too into that. Okay. Trying to run high mileage and then doing plyometrics. Yeah. Uh, so like I backed that off, um, but just doing a lot more sort of back conditioning, core conditioning. Um, as soon as I could train, like I remember doing like in the uh, hotel the night before London, even though I couldn't walk, I was doing S&C. So, you know, just like straight on and straight away. Yeah, that's amazing. You must be really, really happy with that. Yeah. Like the the, the, the fact you came back, because I mean, when I saw you, I generally thought because I had a sacrum stress fracture, yeah. the way you it were walking, I was like, thing, yeah. <laughs> like you couldn't yeah. hop or anything. Like that's yeah. what physios like to do. They like to see if you, the hop test, because it's yeah. a general test. Yeah. And you couldn't hop. No, no. I you could probably stairs, do... yeah. So... But actually, I think it was the best thing because after most marathons in the past, and I've, I see other people who have a coach and everything, like, they'll, they might have an easy week after a marathon and then they get back to training and then they get burnt out. So it's actually quite good to have two weeks not running. And then I didn't... I think I did my first hard session, like, four weeks after. So I had a good a good gap. That's probably why I'm running okay now. Well, so, yeah. that's an exceptional answer because then five weeks after being in a wheelchair, you ran a half yeah. marathon and won it in Edinburgh, didn't you? Yeah, which I wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you run there? Uh, so yeah, I did uh, six, 65-24. Yeah. Um, but like, a bit of fun. I didn't really do many sessions before I did it. Uh, I know, I think it's just because I, cause I help you out. And I was just seeing how fit you were going into the marathon. Yeah. You could just like constantly just... I mean, the plan was to do two mile on, one mile off. And uh, <laughs> that was pretty much out the window <laughs> no, that's amazing too but like the fact how fit you were and i knew like you said the two weeks your legs your body just got back into it you were feeling yeah. strong that's probably yeah. what made you run that quick yeah like forced recovery like i recommend it yeah so, like obviously a lot of people who are going for good times i think you're not going to want to rest sometimes you need someone to either hold you back or like an injury like that to stop you doing it you know uh, no that's amazing yeah yeah and then because you ran 65, what was it there? 60, it was almost a PB, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I could have, because uh, I, I was having a bit of fun, but yeah. yeah. And I what was second place? I felt ill today. Oh no, so, what was yeah. second place then? Uh, 66-something, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you put like, it was still a decent race, yeah. that's the best I thing. I mean, I'll be honest, I raced it like I raced Manchester, I just went out hard. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when did they yeah. like drop off you then? Uh, I, yeah, first 
Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I just went through. Yeah, that's the only way to race, right? <laughs> that's amazing. And like, how's it been since then? Like, you got you did a progression the week the week after the half marathon. You smashed that. You got down to four forty five miling, yeah. which shows your body's recovering. Like, yeah. how do you have you implemented any change into recovery since being in the like struggling and being mm. in the wheelchair? I suppose I've been working more because obviously, like my club, uh, I probably didn't work so much like up until the marathon. Obviously, club understands mm. and I think. And probably invested a bit more time in like the club last few weeks, so I've probably had less sleep, like six hours a night and stuff like that. So you pick up bad habits, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but my sessions have been good since then. Um, and actually, like a hundred miles feels like under training <laughs> when you've been doing like 130, 135. So, um, but yeah, I need to get those things back: nutrition, sleep, mm. and I guess being a bit more selfish. Like, yeah. It's like a balance, isn't it? Like anyone who works who works full time as well and trying to be a good athlete, like it's always a balance, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And how do you find it like, because you, because we've been talking quite a lot and it's about the fact sometimes you have to coach before a session. How mm. is that quite hard for you? Yeah, it's like you've got to manage your diary, haven't you? Um, I'm quite lucky, obviously, I work for myself. So, like, if you work in a strict sort of nine to five, that's probably quite difficult, you know, to get up early and then do stuff late. So, obviously, I can make my own week. Um, but then I've got to think about everyone else as well. So, yeah. a bit of both. No, that's amazing to hear. It's just, I think it's just like how good you are with other athletes. And it, it, you do mm. say sometimes, like, you leave at what, 7 a.m. in the morning, you're not back till 8, 9 p.m. in the evening. Like, yeah. they must be long days. Well, it's good because, like, you train all day. You train all day, <laughs> you coach all day. So, like, you're just immersed in it, aren't you? Yeah. So, and that gives you, like, the push forwards and everything. Yeah. Like, you need three, four hours a day to train. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it feel now like we've just been relaxing after the session is yeah. it quite nice do you, you enjoy double, that sort double of run to come in a couple of hours <laughs> uh, I know I'm, not looking, I'm looking forward to uh, cross yeah. training but yeah I mean it's constant isn't it like anyone who's training to a high level like it's twice a day and you never really recover no that's the thing it's like it's like how you get the recovery sorted so for example we I was like we were talking in the car about Jakob Binger's roots and he, put, he actually posted something according to runners nerd about like you're not supposed to push too hard in sessions mm. and everything and i completely agree i've i put my hands up i've destroyed some of my races purely because i pushed too hard in a session the week before but when you look at apparently of course it's on it might not be the most reliable yeah. data but if ingerbritson is saying to me saying to people he's not training too hard and hits six eight hundreds and two flat two flat 154, 154, and the last two in 148. He must like what, what? What's hard for him then? Yeah. Like he can't. He can't be like just bloody banging them out the whole time. Depends on what like the training week, doesn't it? So like how you approach your easy days and that's true. Your sleeping and your nutrition and uh, like using stuff like the core stuff and you know. I know like the intensity. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I love that sort of stuff because yeah. you know the four week distribution. Yeah. I absolutely love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because you can like, of course, the coach knows how hard you're pushing, but. In terms of like heart and stuff, that actually shows you if you're deloading, if you're detraining, if you're heart training too hard. And it's quite interesting because even though I push really hard on the cross training and get my hurry up, the training score is quite a lot lower because there's no impact compared yeah. to running. Yeah. Whereas this morning I got up to 299 training score yeah. purely because it was my first run hard run session, yeah, yeah. and because of the impact, mm. it's, it it takes a lot more of your yeah. body. Like now I'm like. Yeah. Like I'm knackered. So but you're going to take like the next couple of days a bit easier, aren't you? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's like it's it's like in terms of bones and everything. Like of course you can get hurry up, but in terms of intensity, because I'm on the cross trainer, I can only run every other day basically, hmm. or sometimes. So the next run I'm doing is in two days time. So 
until then i have three two cross trainer sessions three cross trainer sessions which will all be mm-hmm. like when you think about it, your legs they're not pounding the floor um but i think the important thing like you said is the snc like i found when i had my foot fracture i was probably doing two sessions a week but it was just the same old stuff and i wasn't actually not necessarily lifting much but i just wanted to get it done as quickly as possible so i was just rushing everything yeah and i wasn't really focusing on my form whereas now i'm doing it probably six times a week but after five six times a week but only 30 minutes a day but it's just focusing on each aspect so one day would be arms like upper body the next day lower body so i'm really focused on that area and i know we both have spoken we know the most useful types of workouts you have to do in terms of gym yeah so for example like you you have a squat rack in the room you're doing (laughs) you're doing like heavy lifting today what's your thoughts on heavy lifting yeah, that's quite big. It's quite, it's quite big for improving bone density, mm. isn't it, as well? Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got to do it safely. And you've got to get your technique right, otherwise you can make it worse. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I do squats and deadlifts, like, every week. Yeah. Um, I try to aim for, like, 1.5 times body weight, or up to 1.6 at the moment, actually. Uh, in, like, 5 times 5 set type range, you know? Um, but then I do a lot of circuits as well. Yeah. Basically, I mean, if I've got a weakness, I try and work, work that out. 100%. So, at the moment, it's a bit of Achilles, so I always have to do a bit more calf stuff. A bit okay. more solely stuff um like left hips a bit tight so i do a bit more glute on that side um, just like any weakness that pops up like you always hit it before mm. it becomes a problem basically that's that's yeah. perfect i mean talking about bone density like i had a dexa scan and it showed that basically in my back i have like osteoporotia and my scores were like minus two and everything this was before when i was really struggling mm. and that's why I had to take five weeks off and it literally I've been downing milk but the important thing is the nutrition I've been really focused working with Renee which is, she's an absolute superstar like working on my food um, the amount of calcium I'm having the amount of protein the amount of carbs just to ensure my bone health but of course I don't know if my bone health is improving so I have to have a Texas scan but I feel in terms of my body and how I'm feeling at the minute it is getting better and better of course it's going to take a long process but I was really scared because I could have been in a wheelchair at the age of 30 mm. if I kept going the way I was. And do you think like the SNC and the nutrition will help the bone strength get better? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I coach a lot of people that I still can't um, convince to do strength really? conditioning. <laughs> so this is a message to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what do, you, what do you say about that to people who aren't doing it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one because... I know it's a time thing. Like, people I speak to, it's like a time thing. They want to prioritise running. 100%. I think... But, there's two ways I look at it. In COVID, people are running disgustingly quick times. Yeah. Of course, there's a lot of stuff about short courses, short races. But scrap that. People running hard. No one had access to a gym. Mm. So, and there weren't, I don't, I don't, like, most people were training hard. I didn't actually see many people injured over mm. COVID. Mm. And it could be down to because people were recovering more, staying at home. But I've spoken to, there's like, for example, James Hennigan. He absolutely adores snc he's very very regimented at it and he like tells me like it's so important because like you said it reduces injury risk like even if you don't want to do snc but even if you just do some bodyweight exercises three to two to three times a week it doesn't even need to be long 30 minutes an hour two hours a week that's all you need to bodyweight exercises because you just want to be able to go into that race and be able to lift your body quite easily yeah and it's such simple things like Car phrases, for example, like you can do it when you're brushing your teeth. Yeah. Um, and I try, I try, I got some tricks actually. Oh, some yeah. people I just can't get them to do it. Okay. So I make them uh, either run up, run up steep hills, like on some of the runs. So that's a bit of conditioning, like short hill sprints. Yeah. 
um, it's almost like like doing a squat because it's quite run specific, um, like bounds up a hill. So like drills, yeah, you yeah, try to do course, drills, course, more yeah. drills in the session as well, um, like little hops and things. Yeah. Um, so there's like some ways you can like integrate it in without them knowing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's 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 it, it's tough because you have to almost look at the distances, the track, the stuff they're doing. So like for example, someone focusing on shorter distances, you see some of the boys training for four and eight. They are hit lifting heavy weights because they yeah. need the explosive power. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you and I, we need to carry maybe not as heavy weight, but we need to make sure we're doing high reps, but a weight which will condition yeah. us. Is there anyone you do you know like anyone that? is a good level and isn't doing conditioning. <laughs> it's quite it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. I mean like I, I'm like, I don't mind him. Josh is him, him. You know, he it's won't really mind me saying this, but like for example Josh Lund, he's right like you saw what he was training in Spain, he was in incredible shape. He has run sixty four minutes for a half. He's broken thirty minutes ten K. And he says to me, he he sends me some of his scores for his core work and it was rubbish. It was terrible. And he know but he knows like I said to him, like you run these times off barely doing any conditioning. He's like, yeah, I know. And the physios told him, so now it's like, it's almost it's weird. You almost need to be told by someone at a high stage. You need to focus on yeah. these areas yeah, to yeah. push forward. Yeah. <laughs> he was sending me some videos of him lifting, like doing leg ham- hamstring lifts and stuff, and it was just the smallest weight. Like a ten year old girl would go there and just be like, come on, Josh, come on, Josh. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, he's saying you almost need that, like have a shocker or like have a bad moment to, or an injury or something to like uh, well that's what I said so like yeah. when I was running with before I got this back injury I was like I was running quick times and like this should not be happening I shouldn't be yeah. running this quick and of course my back went because I hadn't strengthened it yeah. and I feel like as well it's it's weird thing because with the S&C it, it depends entirely on who you are how much stuff you should be able to do but I noticed when I've spoken to physios before and my quads are a lot stronger than my hamstrings. Mm. So for the last, basically a, a year, yeah, yeah. basically for a year now, I've literally focused on my hamstrings. Well, mm. quads as well, but hamstrings more. Yeah. And because if I get tired in a race, say my quads get tired in a race, I can yeah. utilize my hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a lot of people can only use one type of muscle group yeah, yeah. and they're buggered. That's a big thing. Like I see that a lot. Yeah. yeah. People are quad dominant. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's something where, of course, it's, it's yeah. fine to be, but... As soon as, if you're doing like a half marathon, 10k, half marathon, marathon, and you you lose strength in your quads, so what are you going to do? people's like jobs as well. Like if you sit down a lot, like yeah. your posture, your chin switches off. Like yeah. glutes, hamstrings, just like aren't alive. <laughs> so like you really got to place extra work on that. No, that's definitely, perfect. Definitely. And going forward, it's like we'll talk about like your recovery. Like you were saying before the marathon, like you were getting what on average five, six hours a night of sleep. Uh, that's on a bad day, yeah. Maybe yeah. seven on a good day, yeah. Seven on a good day, and you had, like, <laughs> what, eight hours today, and you've smashed out a session. Yeah. But I think that's one thing I found for me. It was weird, like, when I was, again, strong, like, with my foot injury, I would try and get to the gym at 7, 7.30 a.m., yeah. like, every day. Yeah. There was no need for I had nothing else to do. I yeah. just wanted, because I got into a habit. So I'd go to bed at, like, 12. Like, I would have seven hours sleep, stay in the gym for two, three hours, um, and not really nap or anything, whereas now... I don't care when I go to the gym or anything. If it's nine o'clock, okay, it's nine. If it's ten, it's ten. Because I've utilized I probably on average now have eight, nine hours of sleep and an hour nap most days. So I'm I'm probably having like ten hours a day of sleep and I find it it's really benefiting me because I've had my another MRI and it showed my sacrum, the top and bottom half it has completely healed. There's no edema. And the middle bit, there's still a bit fractured, but it can take up four months, they're not showing an MRI. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing of it is the recovery, the nutrition, and just allowing the body to... What's the biggest things you've changed with your nutrition? 
I think, well, one thing, the biggest thing I've changed is eating before training. Yeah. Um, I never used to eat before training, yeah. and it's made me feel unreal. Um, another what's the, thing, what's the go-to thing to have? Uh, so I love my protein bars, but my nutritionist, she, she wants me to stick to more carb-based things. So I've, I'm loving the Nature Valley bars. Yeah. I'm going to start having them more. Um, then straight after session, it's like a protein shake, a bagel. Um, I'm absolutely loving my protein shake. So it's either yeah. like whey or the... And then give me this um, this new protein thing from Netherlands. And it's, un, it's really, really good. I have milk with it. I think the big thing is I'm now having more milk. I'm feeling stronger just because essentially... Yogurt. Yogurt, I love yogurt <laughs> as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's getting it's getting to just the stage of just enjoying food now. Yeah. I think that's a big thing for me. I'm actually finally starting to enjoy eating, whereas before, I don't know, I just didn't like I didn't really look forward to it. But whereas mm. now, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Like love looking forward to it and everything. Yeah. And you're not counting calories or anything. No, oh, no, no. I'm uh, yes and no. We count calories. It depends who you are, but it depends on the mental state. So if you think you're fine with it. Like, for example, I still, when I go to a restaurant and stuff, I still ask for the menu without the calories because I don't, like, at the end of the day, I don't really, I don't want to know what I'm, what is in it. Like, I've even spoken to my parents and they're the same. Like, they don't really want to know. They want to go out and enjoy. And if they say a big number, it might affect their mental mood. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the, the same. And I put my hands up. I always ask for a menu without the calories on it. And it might sound weird, but that's what I do. And yeah. it's helped me quite a lot in these past, like, going out for fit and food. It's really, really helped me. Yeah, yeah. If it works for you, you do, haven't you? 100%. So what's the next? I know we talked about Rotterdam and London. Do you have any other races you're aiming for this year? Yeah, aiming for a big half. 12, 12 weeks away, I think. Um, so, yeah. Never actually trained for a half. It's always been, like, in a marathon block. Okay. Or after a marathon. So, so today, if you had carried like on... My, I feel like it's my best distance. I've never actually mm. trained for it. If you yeah. had carried on for another 5K, what mm. would you have run, basically? Uh, Same pace. Low for 64, I think. So I'd been a minute PB. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I think it's like, I think you just, if you had done that today, you would have been buggered like for the next few days. Yeah. And how, so you have 12 weeks until then, mm. and we've spoken about sessions. What are your like, we'll go back to the marathon first, but what was your favourite sessions you were doing for it? Favourite sessions? Um, I think like working, for the marathon specifically, it was like working a bit faster than the marathon pace. Yeah. But like intervals of like 5k. Like five, okay. five times 5k, did once. Yeah. Um, it's like, I call it marathon strength, but like, just like five seconds a mile quicker. Okay. And then float in the care. So like it ends up being like probably averages your marathon pace for the whole session. Yes. And um, how far is that? <clears throat> um, like some of them were up to 30k. Wow. So, you know, 30k at marathon pace. Yeah, 20, like, no, 18, 19 times. miles. Yeah. 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 Um, like a 20, I did a 24 miler at like 10 seconds, 15 seconds slower than marathon pace. That was quite good. Okay. And like a hilly terrain. Yeah. Um, the big and, track stuff like 24 and Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What about your least? Do you remember where your least favorite session was? I think ten. I did ten times four hundred early in the block. Two minute recovery. It's just <laughs> hard. It's yeah. Like anything anaerobic is like difficult. And how did, did you? Because you were saying like anaerobic. We've spoken this before. You'd rather do twelve by k than four by k at three k pace. Is it because just, yeah. you've like always tr- enjoyed the training and the longer stuff? I think because I've had like four marathon blocks in a row, so like yeah. my body's just used to that. So and obviously you, at the moment I need to like <clears throat> I need to get out of that and like focus on some of the things I'm weak at. And do you reckon that you could look at doing three, like three, would you want to do anything shorter? Like this summer, for example. I need to do a 5K. You want to do yeah. a 5K? I need to do a 5K, 10K, yeah. Nothing shorter half. than 5K? It's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not, I want to do 15s. I, I yeah. love looking at the 15s, yeah. so. But no no 3Ks or 15Ks, 5Ks. It'd be, hard. 5Ks It'd be quite hard, yeah. 
Yeah, it's well, interesting. Maybe I, should, maybe I should. It's interesting because it's like, the thing is, you run, you run 60 seconds at the end of a session last week. Yeah. So you know you have the pace yeah. to run a quick. Because what is your 3K PB at the minute? I haven't had one for like seven years. Really? So. <laughs> yeah. So what? Somewhere what? in the eight. I don't know. Eight and a half or something. Yeah. So like you could bang that for like, out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll have the endurance and everything. Like I could, pro- yeah. you could probably do it right now. Yeah. And I just enjoy like the long, a long grind of, you know, faster. But have you ever thought about doing like, because I did last year where I did like a National League 3K and then did a six mile session afterwards. Is that something yeah. like you put your, you put lactic in your body yeah. to then like run a bit steadier afterwards but get a session done after have you ever thought you about that a double day, double no 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 it was literally yeah. straight after oh, so yeah, yeah. you do like i've done it a few times but i don't i don't know if i'll do it for a 10k mm. but everything up to 5k i typically do a bit of a session afterwards yeah because yeah. because I, like this is when i've been training for a half marathon if i was just targeting to 5k i wouldn't yeah, yeah but training for a half marathon i feel like when you do a 5k it's, it's amazing yeah but like at the standard we are at now we kind of need to use it we kind of don't want to just use that day it's just yeah. a one-off race yeah. like we want to make sure like run on tired legs yeah, yeah. because we're both stepping up to like yeah. i'll step up to marathon whenever like hopefully soonish but depending on how well i go but it's like the 5k it's an eighth of the distance yeah. like i find it, i find it quite hard to race a lot i think that's yeah. what i struggle with like if you, you race quite a lot though. <laughs> if you give me yeah, but B races, but like if you give me like a day to say right, you need to be fit as you can. Oh, I see what you mean. Like yeah. I love like just hitting it on one day, um, whether it's a five k maybe or like a marathon. But I struggle to race like a lot through a block. Like really? I would perform quite poorly for a long time, and then I can peak. But I can't race well like all the time. So we've spoken yeah. about this like A B C races. Yeah. Like, can you yeah. just give an like? I mean, before the marathon, I did eighteen races in like four months. Really? Like cross country and all that. But like they were all poor because I was just running 130 miles a week. Yeah. Because um, you did um, National I... Cross, didn't you? <laughs> How yeah. did that go? Awful. What place did you come there? I didn't even look at the results. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. So you don't actually oh, it know? Was, it was awful, yeah. Yeah. But you were, it, like you said, you, were, you, were, but, you just went there for the fun of it. Yeah. Like, but then, I don't know, it's good to race, like when you're tired because then you're like putting yourself out there, mm. and, you know. But I know when I tape it, like, I can make it happen. You know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you've shown it already. Yeah. You've done... You basically went from a wheelchair to a half marathon in 65 minutes in five weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing. So one thing we'll also talk about is, like, I, I've come back, I've seen, like... Because you were struggling with, like, sleep and everything. Do you think, going forward, you'll take a more athlete? Like, can you give it... Just, just describe your team a bit more and how it works. Yeah, so... Um... Northeast Project, it's a team, started five years ago. Um, we got like 100 members. Each athlete's got their own sort of individual goal, um, all structured around like training plans and things, like a personalised programme, you know. Um, and like we're all pretty close, so you know, it's a team. So like you want to invest your energy into them. And then I guess it's a battle sometimes between like what I'm doing and what they're doing. Um, we try and link up as much as we can. Mm. Um, and like sessions wise, like I'm coaching like 20 times a week. Uh, you know, it's like seven day a week, you know, because mm. you can't really like step out of it. You're always like a coach. And you, you say sometimes I mean? you're doing coaching, drills. Yeah, you say sometimes you're doing drills every day with people. And yeah, you're, you're active like... every day. That's good, isn't it? Um, mm. Like you're stretching six times a day, like after every group session and, and all that stuff, or you demonstrate an SNC. Yeah. So it's like you're active. Oh, you do SNC sessions with them as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. is that to, at a gym as try, well? You have to try the Monday night one. Sorry? <laughs> you have to try the Monday night one. <laughs> is it quite tough? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time are they? Uh, 8 o'clock. 
<laughs> she is fresh. <laughs> How long are they for? On a night, yeah. Uh, 45 minutes, that one. Are they? Mm. Was it just core? It's corn circuits, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did corn on a Wednesday night. Yoga. Yoga on a Friday night. Oh, wow. Mm. That's decent. It's, like, it's not just the like. running like in the team, you know, it's like a lot of S&C, mm. a lot of core, a lot of yoga, technique work, all that stuff. Full That's package. I, write, I like that. And how is it, do people like follow along? Do they love doing it? Have you had, like, don't name names, but have you had some difficulties with some athletes, training? Yeah, or? everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they drive me mental. <laughs> but does that give you, does it annoy you or do you like? That's yeah, just people, isn't it? Like, yeah. Everyone has ups and downs. 100%. We're all human. No, I completely agree with that. And I guess you're trying to change mindsets. Like, I think the big thing of it is, like, you're trying to make people more high-performance. Some people don't want to become high-performance. So, you know, that's when uh, difficulties happen. <laughs> so we're talking more about, like, your shoes now, like, which shoes, shoes you like to race in. So today you wore the Adidas Pros. Yeah. Pros. And is that your training shoe or go-to race shoe? Uh, I used to, So I used to race in Pro 3s. But then I use my old ones for some sessions. Okay. And then I use Pegasus sometimes for like a lot of stuff. Um, and then the Alpha Fly for a race shoe now. Alpha Fly? Yeah, yeah. How come the Alpha Fly? Did you feel more comfortable? Yeah, uh, I changed them for Coniston. Oh, really? I, oh, was yeah, the first yeah, day I yeah. On. And then I had a good race, so I thought, I'm sticking with these. <laughs> and if they could survive like the rain and the hills around And you lake, did it in Manchester like, as well with the Alpha yeah, Flies. Yeah. And then Rahal? I did think actually it changed my form a bit, which probably oh, really? led to the injury, yeah. Because I didn't wear them enough probably. Uh, but then I wore them for Edinburgh as well. Yeah. And that, well, yeah. everyone knows how that went. So that was all right. No, that's, yeah. that's I do really rate, I do rate the Alpha Fly. It's, it's, a lot, a it's like shoe. a long distance shoe. Have you tried the new one yet? Um, no, not had the chance. We'll, get you. we'll have to get you an Alpha <laughs> 3. Yeah, the chance. No, that's amazing to hear. It's like, because people, because you see all the shoe, the shoe market coming out mm. now, and like, you look at the times of the Diamond League in Paris yesterday, what do you think about them? That was insane, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think, I don't know. You want to believe it, don't you? Like, but yeah, it's disgusting. I think it's, what helps is it's amazing, but like the three K steeplechase and three K, the two miles, they were broken what 20 30 years ago. Mm. And when you have they both had paces, yeah. wave lights, so when you look at it like that and the yeah. shoes, yeah, yeah, like they are scheduled to break it, yeah. And look at the caliber of that, like Jakobinger Britson, yeah. um, like he, you just don't have words to say how good he is, how strong he is. Like most people, I know he lost. Jake Wyman had a phenomenal race that day, but mm. when you look at it in terms of betting, he's almost one to one to win most races. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you you wouldn't almost want to bet on him because you wouldn't get any money back. Mm. So, <laughs> it's it's incredible. And like again, like Keeley as well, the eight hundred and one fifty five is disgusting as a mm. season opener. Mm. So it's something like she could, even the world the world record there for the eight hundred women's is like one fifty two, one fifty three. Yeah, it was like she still has two seconds. Like, do yeah. you reckon one day? Who, who, who has that? Oh, he was that very dodgy, <laughs> dodgy, <laughs> dodgy person. So I won't go into that because <laughs> I just don't remember her name. But it was, yeah, a while ago. Yeah, thirty, forty years ago. Like, wasn't it? Wasn't it Chinese athlete or something? No? It might be Chinese or <laughs> it's one of them. It, sorry, Damien. Like, it's one. It's it's someone who there was a lot of chat about them yeah. doping and cheating and yeah, everything. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so it, it's something we like. It's phenomenal the times and everything, and I think Riz, I think what made it, it, it stands, isn't it? Like it makes you want to train harder. Exactly, so. and keep Yeager breaking the five k women's. I think what they made very well at it, the Paris, like they put, they advertised and everything. They said this is world record attempt. They got their media. Stupidly, there was no coverage on the two mile, yeah, two mile right. race, but yeah. 
in terms of getting the media attention and when you go to a race and you know there's a world record like you you just step up that one percent extra like for example today it was your best 10 mile session and i was just at like you have support I love that comes after a world record <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like because we're bringing it about us yeah, yeah. and um so that's amazing to see and it's good it's good you're in the right frame of mind you're doing the snc perfectly and everything's on the step forwards mm. were you i know we'll go back to injury but were you quite nervous about it the first few days because you said you couldn't get out of bed you were having to coach in the car like yeah. what did you think it was well yeah like the first few days you have marathon obviously fatigue from everything but then like i knew it was more than just marathon fatigue after yeah. a while uh, i've never actually really been injured for like i don't know four years really? so it's like when you're not in control of your body yeah it's quite frustrating isn't it yeah. um and going from running like 130 miles a week to not running anything yeah, yeah. like i put on quite a bit of weight even in yeah. two weeks uh so yeah it's a big change yeah and did you Men- mentally you know even those two weeks yeah like i don't know how you've done it oh, five weeks i mean <laughs> More than i mean that, i was in a yeah. much different space because of everything i went yeah. through and i think i think because mm-hmm. like the the main goal of like this like podcast and everything is i want to show the world i can get back to that i can get back to my best and i've seen a lot of athletes who have actually had to stop running after struggling with eating disorders strong with injury and it's a shame because there's so many athletes out there who are capable of going to world champs and everything but because they've been unlucky or they've really suffered with a mental illness they just can't make it so that's the idea like like today was amazing running with you and everything training with you and that's what i kind of want to build on it's it's going to take a time like this week was 32k so 20 miles basically and each week i have to progress very very small because if I go a bit too much, yes, the, but there's healthy bone around the area, but you know, one yeah. one slip up yeah. and you're buggered. Yeah. And so you're setting targets for like in a month's time or two months, or are you just sort of seeing how each week goes? Yeah, so the doctor like is giving an idea of how many miles I'm at, uh, able to go to in like, August. And mm. I think me and you will hopefully find somewhere to go on training camp. So if people listen to us and know any beautiful places, maybe not altitude, because I. I'm not 100% sure if I want to go to altitude just yet, um, but it's a decision we have to speak about. Like, we have to look at the cost of places and everything, um, the temperature, because you go to Portugal and Spain, you're going to burn. Like, you're going to burn like a crisp in June and July. Yeah. So it's something I really want to go to because I think I feel like you and I, especially, like, I've, I've been on maybe a couple of training camps, like, mm. to Spain and Uganda. Like, yeah. you see all these guys, they're literally, for example, Piers has been to St. Moritz, um, font and South Africa this year like mm. British athletes like they t- they go everywhere like they spend most of the year Aitlis McColgan I don't even know where she lives she spends 11 months of the year like <laughs> I don't think she has a house in Britain because her mum lives in Dubai so it's I think I get quite jealous yeah. of like all these people just spending years and years yeah. of week months abroad and is it something like you want to kind of do yeah obviously I've got a hard to manage a yeah. club as well like I've been there but like the club understands that as I've said yeah. the last couple of weeks with them uh, like this year is probably going to be a bit different yeah yeah. but it's, it's something to do think about because like we said you kind of want to be you're pushing for a Commonwealth time you're pushing for a quick time in the marathon and to get there you need to put yourself forward yeah. first and I think if going to a training camp if it means like we're using these five days now yeah. at yours and you might come to mine it's just a bit of a training camp just to get a glimpse of what it's like to train together and already we've had smashed out a great session so I think it's something like look forward to meet people and everything how did you find running behind me though like are you used to running behind people no one <laughs> so like yeah i mean it's good obviously to work off someone like i said it was like five seconds a mile 
quicker, felt the same effort. Yeah. Which is what you want, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you just push each other at higher heights, don't you? 100%. And what do you think are, because we've spoken about this, like, are the sessions you're thinking of doing before the half next week? So we've talked about, like, 20 by a minute on and on, on mm. and off, sorry. Yeah. Um, another one you could do is, like, so, uh, tempo-based sessions, 400s. Like, I, want, I want you to try 20 400s off 45 seconds. Like, that is a boat of a session. <laughs> How do you feel fine about doing that, like, shorter reps at a quick pace? Yeah, well, I need to work on my weaknesses. Yeah. Like, obviously, today's style of sessions, like, that's my strength. Yeah. But, like, working, like, you know, 5K, 10K pace stuff for high volume, that's not necessarily my strength. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the gains are going to come from. And, I mean, that will all push you on to big half and run a quick time there. Yeah. And... Do you have any aims for a big half at any time in mind? 62-29. (laughs) 62-29. So world half time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, I mean, it's 100% what's possible. What's the point of messing about? I know, I know. You have, what, 12 weeks now? Yeah. And you've already smashed out 10 miles in 49, yeah. 20 today. Yeah. So it's... 15 it's just, seconds a week, 10 it's seconds just, a yeah, week. Yeah, it's just, it's just getting... I think it's the fact it's just getting used to running at... You want to be training at, what, is it like 4.45, basically? 4.48, isn't it, I think? 4.48. Yeah. That's three-minute Ks. That's 63-something. Is it fair enough? Oh, no, no, 4.49. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's around 4.45, yeah, yeah. and you just want to keep training It's like my it. 10K pace, so I need to make my 10K pace my half marathon pace. So do you yeah. reckon you'll do a 10K before it? Yeah, I need to. Yeah. Like, I think I need to run a certain standard for 10K to yeah. know I can run the half, yeah. I mean, that that's yeah. the thing. It's like, now you kind of want to do sessions where you're doing, like, say, mile... So, to begin with, mile reps at 4.45. So yeah, just exactly, make, click exactly, them off. Yeah, yeah. It, it might feel... The first time, because you're fit, might feel quite easy. Say you do yeah. six or seven by a mile at 4.45, feel quite easy. But then you go to, like, four by two miles at 4.45. So, you're running yeah, 9.30 yeah. for two miles. And you're like, okay, this is a little bit yeah. trickier. Yeah, yeah. And the next time you do, like, two by 5K at half pace. Mm-hmm. Another big session I used to do was two by four miles at half pace. So, mm-hmm. that'd be quite tough. You're looking at bloody... Two by four miles at nineteen flat, yeah, with three minutes jog in between. And you like, did those on the track, right? I, d- I did them in the track. I've done What's, them on the road yeah. previously. Do you think there's more benefit on the track than the road? As in, like, it's more accurate. I think not in terms of actually, because on the road, you because it's a road race, yeah. you want to get used to running on the road. Yeah, yeah. So in that aspect, yes, but on the track, you can hit the pace. You can track faster than roads, like. Every yeah. ra- every session you I do, I feel like track. I run fast on the road, but yeah. But your yeah, your yeah. sessions on the track yeah, do yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you've banged out sixty second four hundred. Like it would be tough on the road. Mm. Oh yeah, that type of speed, yeah. And yeah. I feel like doing two by four miles. Like you, of course you can do it on your loop, on your road yeah. loop and everything. But I think on a track it would just be easier. Uh, another thing about the track as well is like with because you're out of that high standard of land, you need athletes who can run similar times to you. Mm. And yes, you have some good people in your group, but for example, if you go on the track, people could jump in for 400s, 800s if you yeah, wanted yeah. to get paced by. Mm. Whereas on the road, like the loops are unreal. But like, for example, today, it took us what? Once we did a mile, I did a mile with you. I had like two minutes jog just to get back to you. Yeah. And if people are just standing there, yeah. they're waiting a whole mile. You're yeah, running yeah, from yeah. two miles. Whereas on the track, you can hit it hard and everything like that. And that's why I think I prefer when I was doing the half marathon block, I think I do like try and do like a track session one week. Mm. Which you're quite good at. You do like track one, road one, yeah, track yeah. one, road one. So the track, you just build up that bit of a speed and then on the road, it just feels a bit easier. Mm. So it's um, something to look forward to and I'm quite excited to see how you do. Yeah. So yeah. La- last thing we'll do is we'll talk about is like, what are your, do you have any like long-term plans like in terms of what you want to run for the marathon, where you want to be and so forth? Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to set a limit, do you? Yeah. So obviously like you're never going to achieve more than your highest standard. So, like, your standard needs to be high. Um, like, so obviously, so 210. Mm-hmm. 
but then you know the Olympic time is getting faster isn't it so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard because obviously I went from 219 only last year and then like a good jump this year so like you know you know miracles don't happen but I want to work harder than ever um, and a lot can happen in a year you know I think as well you ran 217 basically at the front yeah. if you get into a group with people it'll yeah. be sensational yeah you can't always measure like your rate that you're going to improve can you no. um, as long as you're making sure that you're improving each week what you do like uh, that, the sky's the limit isn't it that's incredible yeah. well it's been absolutely lovely talking to you again and well you'll probably end up on the show in the future <laughs> when you run 62-29 a big half but I just want to say thank you so much and we spoke about everything everything people want to hear about like the facts like I'm tr- I'm improving Kieran's improving everything's going well with my back I'm now getting into a bit more running it's going to take its time I'm having to do a lot of cross training but it's nice to talk to you again because you've had a brilliant results that's like what I kind of want to do bring people on who are about to race and they do run really well that's what you're doing you're setting quite a high standard for yourself which we love and you're it seems like you're absolutely smashing your job so I just want to say thank you so much for coming along and good luck for the future cool man cheers mate